and welcome to the Citizen Church podcast. In this podcast, we are working through our current series, Farmers and Fishermen, which is a series all about fueling our faith. So if you need to catch up, then you can listen to the rest of the series in the previous episodes. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy and we'll get straight into it. going through a series over the last couple of weeks called Farmers and Fishermen, which is a series all about fueling our faith. And today we are going to be looking at a principle in the Bible that is hopefully going to help us fuel our faith. The principle is sowing and reaping. Even if you've never read the Bible, I'm sure you've probably heard some kind of similar saying like, you reap what you sow, or what goes around comes around. So what is the principle of sowing and reaping? Imagine a farmer plants a seed in some soil. He waits some time and then a plant grows because of it. A harvest comes. It's pretty simple to understand. But here's the thing, you don't get back what you planted. You don't plant an apple seed and get an apple seed back. You plant an apple seed and a tree comes up full of apples with lots of seeds in. It's multiplication. And what started as a seed has flourished into a tree. You know, over one third of Jesus' analogies were about farming. He talks about sowing and reaping all of the time. It's a basic principle throughout the Bible, but it's so important. And today we're going to look at three stages of the principle. The sower, the soil, and the seed. The sower. We are the sower. Whether you would call yourself a Christian or not, we've all placed our faith in something. Something that we trust is going to bring us satisfaction in life. Whether that is a relationship or money or drinking, whatever it might be. What is your faith in today? Even if you believe in God, is your faith really in him? Because whatever we have faith in, we invest in. And what we're invested in, we will reap the fruits of that. You know, in the Bible, it tells us that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we can only experience those in their fullness if we're invested in God. You know, the verse in the Bible says, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. These are the fruits. You know, we sow things into our lives hoping that they're going to bear some kind of fruit, like happiness, for example. But you cannot experience the fullness of the fruits of the Spirit by sowing into anything other than Jesus. Whether you believe in God or not, the principle of sowing and reaping applies to all. We are all planting seeds through our actions, through making decisions that one day are going to grow into a harvest that we will reap. In the Bible, in Matthew 6, it says, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. In other words, wherever I put my time, my money, my effort, my energy, wherever I invest myself, that is where it's going to attract me. Wherever you put your time and money, that is where your heart is. Last time I said this, I said that if you were to look at my bank statement that my heart belongs to H&M. And I really hate to admit, but it still does. But any time that I'm generous with you or somebody else or with God, that's where my heart tends to go. And every time I give to God, it draws my heart closer to God. 
So in fueling our faith, in drawing ourselves closer to God, we need to give to him. He is who we should be putting our faith in. What are you investing in that's fueling your faith? Is it this church community? Or is it Zara? There was this tightrope walker called Blondin, and he was quite well known for freely tightrope walking, I guess, across Niagara Falls. And these crowds used to gather in their thousands and watch him do it. And on this one occasion, he shouted down to the crowd, who believes that I can walk across this tightrope with a wheelbarrow? And the crowd were like, we believe, we believe. And then he shouted down, he said, who believes I can walk across this tightrope with a wheelbarrow with a person in it? And the crowd were like, we believe, we believe. And then he shouted down and he said, who will be that person? Silence, I would run. You know what, our faith can be a bit like that sometimes. We believe, but we're not willing to invest. We're not willing to actually, to get in, to put what we have on the line, literally. You know, God created us all unique. We all have a unique contribution to make. But so often we miss it because we're too busy trying to do what somebody else is supposed to be doing. God has gifted you with everything you have. And how we use that is our gift back to God. You know, he's made an investment in me and he wants a return. He's not asking me to give him all of my money so he can be financially rich. He's asking me to use what he's given me for his glory. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says this, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. It goes on to say, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So in other words, if you're a cheerful giver, you're invested in God's work. It says God will bless you, he will enrich you so you can continue to give and it will result in thanksgiving to God. But not only that, it will serve his people and they will praise God too. That is how you evangelize, how you get people to praise God too. Your actions impact those around you. Which brings us to the second stage of the principle, the soil. Think about the soil around you. What I mean by that is where you find yourself regularly, your ground, as it were. For a lot of us, it might be the uni campus or a classroom or the hospital ward or whatever it might be. Think about that soil. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I don't know a lot about farming, but I do know that you can't grow a seed in dry soil. A lot of us at the moment are in surroundings that we would describe as dry soil. They're dead. There's no hope. There's no hope of them ever being thriving or happy or places of abundant life. But all it takes for dry soil to not be dry soil is for one person to come along and start pouring. 
think about the soil around you, the culture around you. You know, you can either be intentionally or unintentionally shaped. You can either allow the culture around you to shape you, or you can decide to shape it. You know, God calls us to live counterculturally. Either you put your, soil, your feet in the soil of the culture you're in, or you put your feet in the soil of the spirit, and you will bear its fruit in your life and the places around you. We just read in 2 Corinthians 9, your generosity not only provides for the needs of God's people, but also produces prayers of thanksgiving to God. When we are generous, when we give to each other, we're thanking God for one another. We're drawn closer to each other. Generosity or giving creates community. At home in London, where I'm from, we have this um, delivery driver. And he, I remember the first time I met him, he came to the door and I opened it and he was there with my probably a H&M or a Zara parcel, let's be honest. And he had this beaming smile on his face. And he was so joyful. He was like, hey, it's so good to see you. How are you? How's your day going? And I was like, yeah, good, thanks. Like, have I missed something here? It was a bit weird, but it, it lifted my spirits. And he kept coming back because of my online shopping addiction. And he, at the same time, every single time, he had the same smile, the same joy. And a couple of years ago, we had a Christmas street party. And the whole street was there, and I saw him walking towards us. And I began to wave at him like, oh, this is my friend, I know him. And I was so embarrassed because everybody on the street turned around and waved at him too. And was like, oh, Jermaine, it's so good to see you. How are you? I, was, I felt so cheated on, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I wasn't the only person. Because every single delivery that Jermaine did, he did it with the same smile. He sowed the same kindness, the same joy. Well, unfortunately, during COVID, he lost his mum and his grandma to COVID in the same week. And somehow our street found out about it. And we have a um, street WhatsApp group. And somebody on the street suggested that we put together some money to help pay for the funeral costs. And we ended up raising about 500 pounds for this guy. But at work that week, my boss, who lived quite close to me, she said, she started telling me this story about this delivery driver that they have and how her street had all chipped in to give him some money. I couldn't believe it, it was the same person. You see, his job, he could have just done it. He could have just left the parcel and gone. But he saw his soil, his turf, and he decided to sow into the spirit. He sowed kindness, he sowed joy. You know, far too often people tell me that they're struggling to live this out where they work. Like there's no opportunity to talk about the gospel to their colleagues. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to sow kindness first. To sow happiness, to sow joy, to sow love. Because if you do, I guarantee people will notice there is something different about you. Jermaine sowed into the spirit in his workplace and community grew because of it. We got to know our neighbours better because of it. And not only that, we became a generous street and we weren't the only street. We became a generous community. We have to make a decision. Either we stand within the culture we find ourselves and allow it to sow into us. Or we stand within it, rooted in the soil of the spirit and sow into it. 
You know, on the news, when, when, when things, uh, bad things are happening, we have this saying, we say, all hell is breaking loose. You know, as Christians, we are called to bring heaven to earth. And by heaven, I don't mean a place that we might go someday. I mean where God reigns, where his kingdom come, his will be done. We're called to bring heaven to earth. What would it look like for people to say, all heaven is breaking loose? What does that look like in your workplace, in your street, in your sports team, in the SU? And then finally, we come to this seed. We just read in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We know this principle because it's true in everyday life. If I'm judgmental of other people, if I sow judgment, people will probably be judgmental of me. Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. If you're critical of other people, other people will be critical of you. If you gossip about other people, I guarantee other people will gossip about you. Whatever you give out, you are going to get back. If you sow love, if you sow joy, if you sow kindness, I guarantee people will sow that back to you too. God wired the universe that way. You know, the best thing that God has ever given you is a seed. Whether that's in the form of time or talent or treasure. And you know, we live in a culture where we have learned to be self-sufficient. And people are protecting seeds when they should be sowing them. Maybe because of, of hurt in the past, people have abused those seeds. You're protecting it. But the seed outside of the soil cannot grow. You know, to be a harvest, there has to be a seed sown. You grow what you sow. If you're struggling with your job right now, sow into somebody else's work life. If you're struggling with a family situation, sow into somebody else's family. If you're struggling financially, bless somebody else financially. What is it you need more of right now? Is it more energy? You've got to start giving what energy you have to God first. If you say, I don't have enough energy, then get involved in some kind of ministry. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. You're not going to get more energy if you're not giving what energy you have to God first. Start giving it to God and watch what happens. Resources, time, contacts, influence, talents, education, ability, spiritual gifts. God didn't give those for you just for your own benefit. He wants you to use it for his kingdom. Sooner or later, I have to ask myself the question, am I really going to trust your promises? Well, he says he will take care of all of my needs if I will just be generous. It's the exact opposite of human nature. It's my nature to hoard, to stockpile, to look after myself first. It strengthens my faith, though, to give it away. What can God trust you with? Jesus said life is not it does not consist of what you collect, it's what you give. What happens when I start becoming a more generous, a more giving person? In 2 Corinthians it says, God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything that you need and plenty left over to give joyfully to others. If you practice generosity or giving with those around you, he said, I will make it up to you, I'll give you everything you need, plus I will give you more to share with other people. 
God is looking for channels to use. He is looking for people to say, use me. So what do you have in your hands that you could give today? We often say it's time, treasure, or talents. Look at what you have in your hands. Maybe, for example, you're somebody who's great at hosting people over for dinner. You can cook or make a cup of tea. Why not invite people over? Sow the seed of authentic friendship. Listen to people. Because I guarantee those people will appreciate what you've done. They will then go and create authentic friendship with others and there will be this ripple effect. Maybe you've been blessed financially or with possessions and you don't actually need all of that. Why not help somebody else out who needs it? Maybe you don't know somebody, but somebody else here does, I guarantee it. Maybe you've got time. We all have time. Time is a gift from God. And he gives us 86,400 seconds every day and we get to spend those. We get to sow those back to him. Could you give somebody your time to help out? Could you volunteer on our coffee van and serve the community that way? What seed can you give today? I'm not asking what spare change or spare time. You know, the thing with God is that everything we have is from him. Everything we have belongs to him. He made it all and he made us to manage those resources. God has entrusted things to your care. Your talents, he has entrusted them to your care. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say after work and then after the pub, then seek the kingdom of God. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. We have to put God first and trust him for the rest. I heard somebody say it like this once, first in our finances, in our interests, in our relationships, in our schedule, and in our troubles. You know, we live in an instant culture. We sow for the now, but quite often it's not beneficial. It might feel good in the moment, but does it sow into, into God's kingdom? Does it sow into bringing heaven to earth? What does it look like if we sow not for the now, but for a different future, sow something that matters, begin to make a change in the culture around us, begin to invest in things that will mean that all heaven will break loose. You know, part of our mission as a church is to breach loneliness and to bring people home. So many people are lost and hopeless, especially coming out of COVID. And the perception in general that the world has of church and therefore God is that it is dead. You know, we came here to Cardiff and with God's help, we brought this building back to life. This community back to life and the stories that are coming out of it are incredible. People are finding belonging through our coffee van. We have over 100 people again on Alpha, people with questions. You know, we're working to reopen two other church buildings. You know, on a practical level, the bishop invited us to move here. They gave us this building. They saw what we did with it and the impact it had on the community. I mean, it's literally that verse. It brought thanksgiving to God. It served God's people and they then praised God too. And now, because they've seen what we've done with it, they've given us two more buildings. That's how God works. Are you invested in the mission of this church? You know, we can't expect the harvest in Pontypridd if as a church community, we're not going to give our time, our treasure, and our talent. And trust me, you want to be there when the harvest comes.
You want to see what it looks like for all heaven to break loose. You know, we're going to sow seeds today into God's kingdom that we might not see the harvest of for a while. But we're sowing for a different future, a future where the church is not dead, where the church is thriving, where Wales is thriving. That's exciting. I want to invest in that future. So as we go into this week, why don't you ask yourself that question, what do I have in my hands that I can use to make all heaven break loose? Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't already know, then you can join us live on Sundays. We go live on YouTube at 11.30am or you can join us in person at our 11am and 6pm services at our Cate's campus in Cardiff. We hope to see you there soon. Otherwise, I hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you soon.